Why is daddy outside yelling? I mean, and that's it what doesn't I... happen like super often. It's not like I'm outside <laughs> every day. Week, like a tribal <laughs> cry every, every Daniel. evening. He's, got yeah. his He's shirtless like Schwarzenegger yeah. and the Predator. Yeah. All right, welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, we are still on location at our corporate retreat, having a blast. And our wives had uh, such a great time sharing their pet peeves about us that we've decided to invite them back for another episode. So today you're going to hear uh, our own version of the newlywed game. And then we're going to dig a little bit deeper into the importance of communication in our marriages. And we're going to open up a little bit about some of the larger conflicts we've had in our marriages and hope you guys enjoy it. But before we do that, before we get in the show, Kyle, why don't you tell them how they can continue to support us. Absolutely. Be glad to. If you guys uh, want to connect with us, be sure to check us out on Instagram. And our handle there is at CommonPod. That's C-O-M-M-E-N pod. That's also our Twitter handle, at CommonPod. Also go to our website. It's CommonPod.com. Check us out over there. You see our bios. Learn a little more about us. Uh, buy a t-shirt from us. And as always, just continue to listen and we appreciate your support on the pod. Let's roll. Let's roll. All right, guys and gals, so we had a lot of fun last episode playing a game, and since we're all still married, we figured we would go ahead and play another one. And apologies to everyone who has been missing our bunker drafts. Those will actually return next episode. Uh, I'm your host for today, Lance Jones, and today we'll be playing a dating game that was actually inspired by a newlywed game that is played at a lot of weddings. It's actually called the Shoe Game. Maybe you've heard of it. So I'm going to read off questions to each couple. And the couples will answer with who they think associates most with the answer. Make sense? Got it. Yep. Okay. Today, our first group will feature the Smiths, the Binkleys, and the Knoxes. Let's go ahead and jump right in. We'll start y'all off with a softball question first, and we'll go to the Smiths. So, Ryan, who made the first move? All right, I'm I'm 60% sure of this answer. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it was at... Uh, this is off to a solid start. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it was at Centennial Park on a park bench. I felt like I might have made the move to kiss Catherine. And why I remember it is because she immediately started laughing. Oh, yes. <laughs> like she's doing now. Is that right? Uh, that is correct. Yeah. I don't know why I laughed, honestly. I think I was just nervous. It was a real confidence booster for yes. me. <laughs> he, he didn't know what was happening. So so after you get a laugh, how do you come back? Well, we, how long have y'all been dating? There's, there's two uh, conversations going on. The one that Catherine and I are having and the one in my head yeah. for like the next 15, 20 minutes. Right. And finally, I was like, you know what? I got to go for it again to see if, you know, if this is going to work or not. Yeah. And we, uh, she got over whatever was going on <laughs> and didn't laugh the second time. Okay, so. good. Yes. All right, well, the Smiths are off to a strong start, one for one. So, Binkley's same question, Kyle. Who made the first move? So this is a twofold thing for us because Jess and I actually sort of maybe a little bit dated when we were in high school. Nef- nothing any ever serious. She was way too into this other dude that was... That's a whole other story. Um, <laughs> yeah, Let's so, not talk about that So story this, this, Yeah, the second iteration of us actually dating and falling in love and getting married, 
uh, she was definitely made the first move. So basically, I was on, I was the last 20, mid 20 something guy to get on Facebook. Single, dedicated my life to being single. I was happy being single. And she actually Facebook message attacked me. So I always, people ask where we met, I say Facebook. That's how we met. So, so, so Kyle, I, I believe, I believe a lot you, of, but uh, you, pokes like he can yeah, poke just kept poking, poking. Yeah, I believe you, Kyle, but I don't think you saw Jessica's reaction when you were telling that. I saw a lot of eye rolling going on. So, Jessica, do you want to respond? 100% accurate. Well, I was in my head thinking about first move of first kiss, but you're just talking first move in general. Yeah. Okay, then I would go with that. That, that was me. I did message him on Facebook. However, I don't remember that it took a lot of poking. It was just more of, hey, how you doing? I hadn't seen you in a while. Let's maybe get together. I want to have your babies. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't take much poking. No, not much poking. It was a very quick yes. And we had our first date and we're together after that. All right. Off to a strong start so far. Two for two. So next up is the Knoxes. Daniel, same question. Who made the first move? I would say Jess. I think she's been probably a, a lot more aggressive in, in most things, I guess, than I am. Uh, I tend to, to be a little more relaxed. So, uh, so yeah, I think she did a little more reaching out, prodding. She, she poked <laughs> you, too. Yeah. yeah, she poked you, too. <laughs> but just kind of making... You know, gauging my interest in in where our relationship was starting. But so how how did it happen? I think he's want more details. Yeah, uh, spill the beans, uh, or not? Oh you don't remember? Oh. <laughs> was it was it our like a conversation on like Facebook Messenger at one point where it was like, hey, so who do you like? <laughs> like it was one of those. Uh, so the old school like, check the old yes yeah, or no, yeah. check yes or no. It was, I do love that it, song. Old school. Yes. Yeah. So, so, so is that accurate, Jessica? Yeah, well, I thought that you would tell maybe the story like from when okay, so I was in a relationship before Daniel. <laughs> kind of like Jessica over here. And so after I got out of that relationship, we went on a ski trip that Daniel chaperoned. And um when we were on the ski trip, like we were going up the lift and all the time all this while I'd always thought, like, I wonder what my life would be like with him, like with this really good, like nice guy. And, um, and, and so we were going up the ski lift and I, that's when I told you, I feel like that's when I made the move. I was like, yeah, that's kind of how we broke up and, you know, and then, then I was like, we got off the ski lift and I could tell he's, he was like, oh, okay. Like really piqued his interest and he was like, okay. And then we went down this black, I think I talked to him into going down a black (laughs) run and Daniel took the whole run on his butt. Like he, he it was really, it was really embarrassing. He could not make it down the run. And that, but it was even after that, I still knew that I wanted to be with you, but yeah, that would, I was definitely probably the more aggressive one. All right, guys. So pretty good round one for everybody. We're going to move on to round two and we're going to take it up a notch now. All right. Knox is this one's coming right back to you. So next question. Who is the smartest? Ooh. And this one is to Daniel first. Uh, I don't want to. Are we talking like book smart, IQ yeah, type of smart? What kind of smart are we talking, Lance? I say smart. over overall smart. Just smart. Let's just say overall smart. Okay. All Not necessarily one. like yeah. street smarts or anything like that. All in one combo of everything. Yeah, combo of everything. Yeah. I don't want to. Be careful. <laughs> tread lightly. Yeah. Down. Yeah. I don't want to hurt your feelings. I don't want to sound arrogant, but I, I would say me. 
Why aren't you you looking at me? (laughs) Look at me. Stop looking at me, Daniel. You're making me nervous. I really appreciate your your wisdom and your intellect. is this the praise sandwich he and Rita have? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. How this is this is. I don't know how. You're you're beautiful. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> oh my word. That's some good backpedaling right there. You could be in the NFL with that backpedaling. Well, yeah, Daniel's definitely the smartest in our relationship. I'll say that confidently. Um, you know. I think if we were saying street smarts, maybe I have a little bit more of that. But Daniel just everything comes so naturally. Like I, like he's getting his doctorate right now and um, writing all these papers. And I feel like like I taught English for several years, and so I feel like I can contribute and like help edit these papers for him. But he doesn't even need me to do that. <laughs> so I'm like, well, here we are. Um, but yeah, he's he's very gifted in in that area. So I don't take offense to it. I know the truth. Thank you. <laughs> That means a lot. Does it? <laughs> and nobody has a black eye, so we're no, 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 we survived yeah. that one. Okay, yeah, yeah. nice job. It was job, a little touch Knox's. and go for a second. Yeah, way to way to resolve that very civilly. So on to the Binkleys now, Kyle. This is your question: Who is the smartest? Listen, this is a it's a close close race because my wife is very intelligent. She is a nurse, so yeah. she's definitely got yeah. some smarts. And I, I also we were both very intelligent in school, but I would think probably book smart. She's probably a little more intelligent than me. Her job involves a lot of that. But I would think I'm probably more common sense smart. I think it's a dead heat, but I'm gonna have to go with myself. Oh my gosh, Kyle! <laughs> you would. <laughs> okay. Right. I think I, it's a dead heat. Yeah. What do you say, Justin? I will give him like he is way more street smarter. I I agree with we're pretty tied in the book smart, but yeah. street smart I would definitely go to him. And part of that I feel like. With my job, I have to be so smart and think so much throughout the day that when I'm away from that, it's like my brain is just fried, and sometimes things just don't work the same way. So I look to him for some of those street smart things. So Jessica's book smart, and Kyle is more magazine smart, but it it works together magically. It does. It's a good balance. (laughs) Nice job. You didn't. Let's let's back up for a second. You never complimented what I was smart on. (laughs) (laughs) You just said, you just told them. Let's bring it back around. You just told I thought we ended on a good note. I'm sorry. I thought we were doing great. Say the beautiful thing again, Daniel. Say the beautiful thing. Whatever. Anyway, okay, let's go back around. We'll go back to. We'll deal with this later. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll put it. We'll put a pin in that one. Okay. <laughs> All right. So Smiths, it's on you, Ryan. It's uh, your opportunity to ask for answer first. Yeah, this is. Uh, we're probably similar to the Binkleys. I mean, Catherine, if we're thinking the number of things like music, history, technology, she dominates me in all areas. But for me, how I look at smartness is logic. No emotion, like give me an Excel spreadsheet and give me a pros and cons list. That's how you make decisions. So that's what I, I know that's not everybody's definition of smart, but that's how I see it. So if I'm basing it on that, even though it's a very close race, I would have to give the advantage to myself. I would agree with that. You're very resourceful. So that is, I think that makes you a step above me. (laughs) Because I lean on you a lot for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But oh, I think I have good sweet. common sense. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Are y'all renewing your vows right now? Right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's wow. I'm having a moment. I've never loved you more. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, 
Oh, that was so sweet, you guys. So to wrap this up, all of us are brilliant at this table. Right. Dude, uh, you know. Clearly. Yeah. Congratulations, yeah. guys. You're all off of the hot seat now. Whew, I'm sweating. You did a great job. Give yourself a round of applause. Yay. <laughs> all right. And now we welcome on our second group who has actually been sequestered and has not heard any of the previous responses. So now in our second group, we are joined by Jennifer and Jansen, Adam and Julia, and myself and Timmy. Actually, I guess I wasn't sequestered, but the rest of them were sequestered. So first question here, guys, and we're going to go with the hearts first. And Jansen, this is your response. And you can take this one of two ways. Who made the first move or who made the first move for the first kiss? Okay. I'll go with the, uh, the first move for like asking her out, which was me, 100% me. She was 100% not interested. But um, <laughs> I saw her at a wedding, and so we went through the whole rehearsal thing and the dinner and all that, and we ended up going to some bar over off 21st Avenue. And we were all sitting at these tabletops, and the friend of mine that was getting married knew her just through his fiance. But uh, I leaned over to him. I said, I think I'm going to ask her out. And he said, well, you better hurry up because I'm not going to mention his name. We'll call him Noel. Just said the same thing to me. And so I, uh, I just reached over and tapped her on the shoulder and said, hey, do you want to go out on a date with me? In which she so eloquently replied. I said, first off, I don't know you. And second off, I live about two hours away from here, so that's probably not going to work out. And then he says... I would be honored to drive two hours to take you out on a date. And so I couldn't say no after that. She couldn't. And the rest is history. Yes. Wow. And how long have y'all been married? 13 years. And And we've been together 15 15. 15 years. And three kids later. Three kids later. Man, that's amazing. All right, we'll move to the Rays first. Adam... Same question. Who made the first move or who made the first move for the first kiss? I'm going to say it was me. So we had a blind date set up by her sister, and I showed up at her door, and we went out how many times before we kissed? Five times. Five times. (laughs) Before our first kiss. Well, I wasn't sure if we were going to be good friends or or more. Uh, so yeah, I made that move after that. I found out that that was probably going to be the last date if I didn't kiss her. So Adam made the first move. Julia? Do you I would can... say that I made the first move. Oh, go on. And when, after Please we do. met, because my twin sister introduced us as a blind date and I reached out to him on MySpace. I Ooh. made it a MySpace <laughs> account. Nice. Wow. Yes, and went through all of his pictures and then just sent him a message. And we talked for a couple of weeks before our first, a week before our first date. All right, sounds good. So it's back to myself and Timmy. And uh, it's my opportunity to respond first. I'm pretty sure you're not going to have a disagreement on this one because I remember specifically it was Timmy all the way. She could not resist me. And she definitely made the first move <laughs> and the first kiss. We were walking out of her apartment one night. And I think we're going to like let the dogs out or something like that. Oh, wait, who let the dogs out? (laughs) 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 Okay. So, yes, we were going to let the dogs out. And right when we got to the, I guess, the threshold of the door, Timmy like turned around and it was like she was reaching back like she was going to get something. But really, she was just reaching back to give me a 
a big kiss. And so that was the first move. She just she was going to get something. All she right. she yeah. was going to get something. All right. <laughs> so that was the first move. Timmy turned around and just just couldn't resist me and just started kissing all over me. <laughs> all over. Not being able to resist you part, but yeah, I made the first move. I didn't want to wait any longer. So. Well, that was short and sweet from Timmy, which is <laughs> what she is. She's a very short, short and sweet, and sweet lady. <laughs> All right, so next question. We're going to go to the Rays first. Adam, your chance to respond. The question is, who takes the longest to get ready? Oh, Julia, by a long shot. Really? It's still going. Like I mean, she's still getting ready. That's what's cute. <laughs> <laughs> It carries over into the car, and as soon as we show up wherever we're going, if we're going to dinner or something, I'm like, all right, we pull up, park the car, turn the engine off, open the door, look over, and she's still getting ready. So, yeah. <laughs> That is probably true, but whenever we go out or go to church, I'm always getting myself ready and the children and packing snacks. You're not packing snacks if we're going to dinner. You are, but not for the kids. I'm getting them ready for their babysitter, so... I take care of myself last, so yes, I'm always the last one getting ready. Or just leave it there. Nailed it. I'll let you have that one. All right. Hearts, uh, Jansen, it's your chance to respond first. Who takes the longest to get ready? I do. 100% me. Would you agree? Absolutely. It doesn't take me very long, long at all. I can if, get a we... shower. I can put makeup on. I can be ready within... Probably five minutes. I'm yeah. pretty quick. When we, early on, I wasn't sure she was even cleaning herself. But <laughs> now, now that we're married, I know she is. But uh, yeah, I don't know why it takes me so long. He can't be the, in a hurry. Well, the difference is she has to do it quick because she's always running late. I can take my time because I know how much time I have to do everything before I have to leave. So That's true. It must yeah. take you 20 minutes to put that hat on every day. That's, that's yeah. what I'm guessing. It's yeah, got to be perfect placement, right? Perfect placement. Especially if I have my glasses on. It just throws off my whole day. All right, so back to Timmy and I. So who takes the longest to get ready? And it has to be Timmy. I mean, she can take a, a quick shower. I'll give her that. But in terms of actually getting ready, like I'm like, come on, Timmy, like, you know, we got to go. I'm literally like, I'm opening the garage door. I'm in the car. I'm starting it. And I'm still waiting for her to come out. And I'm going back inside the house. And I'm like, hey, car's running. Let's go. We got to go. Like, we should have left like 10 minutes ago. And she's still doing something. But I mean, she claims, she claims she's doing stuff for the kids and whatnot. Like Julia said, like getting snacks and whatnot. But I don't know if I believe it or not. So I'll say Timmy takes the longest to get ready. I would have to agree. I do take a long time. But... I think it's my memory. Like, I get ready quick, but I forget things in the house. So as soon as we pull out of the driveway, I have to come back in because I forgot my phone or I forgot my chapstick. So it's my memory. I think we're done here. <laughs> All right, we'll wrap it up. Give yourself a round of applause. <laughs> All right, so last episode we had some fun with our pet peeves. They were I think we can all say they were hilarious. But the other side of that is a lot of those things in our marriages can build up and we can build resentment and they can snowball into something that's bigger than they should be. And if you think about the world, it'll just tell you that if you're watching a movie or a TV show, that couples are perfect, marriages are perfect. And even us, you know, we can put on the happy face and we can post things on social media that make it look like our lives are perfect, our kids are perfect, our marriages are perfect. And so today, in this episode, we just wanted to be clear that our marriages aren't perfect. We've all got conflict, just like anybody listening. And so we just wanted to open up 
share some of the, I guess, situations from our marriages that had some pretty significant conflict, how we communicated through those, and we just hope that everybody listening can relate. So why don't we start with the Noxes? So in December of 2011, we had a six-week-old baby. Uh, it was our first kid, and you know we're still in that stage of we, we have no idea what's going on. You know, everything is new. Yeah, everything is the first time you've ever experienced something. And so Luke got really sick. Uh, like he had RSV and, you know, it he was still in that stage where he couldn't really cough. And, and so he just built up all this mucus and, and he had a, uh, you know, a hard time breathing. And we ended up having to... Well, you want me back up for just a second? Yeah, because okay. he, he ended up getting this RSV and you're thinking just a common cold. I mean, that's what everything says. And then I'm on the phone at um at our house with a nurse trying to figure out what do we need to do and so she immediately says um you need to go ahead and take him into the hospital take him to the er so i'm like i'm the worst mom ever this is horrible what's happening and so um but a little bit of the backstory i'm also trying to like get dinner ready so daniel feels like he's he's helping us and help and he's gonna he's gonna prepare the dinner what what I didn't even realize at this point about Daniel is that he really didn't know how to cook a lot of things I mean he'd never done scrambled eggs before like he didn't know how to I survived a long time on grilled cheeses and easy mac <laughs> <laughs> heavy cheese diet yeah. yeah oh yeah so he is wanting to help and so I was like okay this will be really simple let's just make this stew <laughs> Jess said this will be really simple. Let's just make this stew. Make this stew. All you got to do is ground some meat, put those vegetables in, put some seasoning in, let it sit for a little while. Daniel has never, at this point, ground any kind of meat. <laughs> and so he didn't know what he was doing. So I'm on the phone. Well, one, I've got a, a sick kid that's coughing nonstop, and he's having trouble breathing. I'm on the phone with the nurse, and Daniel is over there in front of... A large pot of <laughs> canned vegetables and, and meat, trying to figure out what to do. I don't know what I'm looking for. I don't know what's going on. I have questions. Uh, and so for fear of doing the wrong thing, I'm asking questions. Probably a lot of questions. A lot of questions. But I want affirmation that I am cooking this stew correctly. Somehow we're going, you know, it's like I'm a, a homesteader in the 1800s and all of a sudden <laughs> we're cooking a stew. We've never cooked a stew in our relationship to this point. Like this is not like a usual dish, but for some reason we chose the time when our kid was the sickest, when we had all these other things going on to be like, hey, let's try something different and let's Let's let Daniel be in charge of making this this dish that we don't have time to make or the knowledge to make at this point. Yes. So so anyway, I'm on I'm on the, over there with the nurse, and um and and Daniel is grounding the meat. So he uh, is asking again so many questions. How brown does it have to get? Like how? Did what am say, I supposed to do? Did you say grinding the meat or browning the meat? Browning the Browning, meat. I okay. think is what I was trying to say. But he's still Browning left it in the log. Obviously, right. he hasn't broken it up. Yet. <laughs> he like, hasn't done it. This has got a very Oregon trail. Vibe <laughs> it to it. Yes, you it died. Oh, yes. The craziest Influenza. thing is, ever since that meal, like we've never made stew before because it made me so mad. Like, and he, like, he's asking all these questions, and then finally, I just, I just lost it, and I was just like, "My God, Daniel, have you never made stew before?" And he looks at me, he's like, "No, I haven't. I'm not." <laughs> And yeah, yeah, and in, in my head, I'm like wanting to scream back and say, like, no, that's why I'm asking so many questions is because I have never made stew before. 
Yeah. Uh, like, obviously. But uh, I tried my best to keep my mouth shut and just be like, okay, I'll figure it out. And then, you know, you start just Googling things there <laughs> next to the stove while she's trying to take care of the baby. So we jump in the car, you know, with, with Yeah, Luke. we end up turning, having to turn the pot off and just leave it. And we never the ate car. the stew. We, no. Even when we got home from the hospital <laughs> three days later, we never ate the stew. Yeah, we were just in a panic mode. We get to the hospital and, um, and then Luke is... We, we realized we didn't put any diapers on our kids on our kid at this point like Luke has no diapers on and so they're like the nurse he pees all over the nurse all over the floor and I'm embarrassed and you know, and, and they, I think they think that we can't afford diapers, so they're trying to give us diapers. <laughs> it was like a, a horrible, horrible situation, you know. And so that was like our first real, like, it stuck in my mind, like, big time. You know, I was really upset with him. I was really upset with the situation. We were mad at each other. I gave him the silent treatment for a long time. That's one of the things I think I've learned is, like, I'm the queen of the silent treatment. Um, and that's probably when it all started, so... Yeah. Do you have anything else you want to add about this? So I gotta ask. Did, yeah. What What was the resolution of this? Did it just kind of go away and it was in the past, or did we did y'all discuss it, or or how did you go from there? Yeah, I think what we what we figured out through it, and what we still you know struggle with sometimes today, but we at least know this now at this point, is we have to communicate our expectations more clearly. That she was expecting me to do something that I didn't know what was going on. I was expecting her to be able to answer questions and to do all this other stuff while there were other things going on. And it was really because both of us had completely different expectations going in to this experience. And those expectations were not verbalized, were not communicated. And so things just happened to go crazy. Yeah, I would definitely say that's probably the biggest thing we learned in like our our marriage so far and just like communication is it's okay to over communicate things like it's okay to ask all those questions and for me to explain what my expectations are and for him to explain his and so we're all on the same page nobody's a mind reader and i think sometimes as women we expect men to be able to read our minds we can't i know use i figured it out let's let the uh binkley's open up the vault next we've had multiple conflicts but the one most recently kind of comes to mind because it's at the core of probably what our biggest problem is and different communication styles. So Jessica was having a, I wouldn't call it a disagreement, but like you and a really close friend were on two different sides of a topic. Their opinions were different on both sides. Is that fair to say? Mm-hmm. Having I'm on the outside listening to her side of the Oh, how this thing's going. I'm like, you know, I don't, this sounds kind of bad. Like they're arguing. I don't know what's going on here. Blah, blah, blah. This is a classic case of me sticking my nose in probably where it shouldn't be. But I feel like Jessica's being like more aggressive about her side of the argument than she usually is. She's typically a pretty passive person. She'll give her opinion, but she's not very forceful with it. Well, on my end of it, she's being extremely forceful what she's telling me, like, oh, this is just the way I think, it's the way I think it should be, da-da-da-da-da. Anyways, to make a long story short, she's gotten an IUD, IUD is it? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, birth control thing. So, I'm thinking, something's going on hormonally here. Like, this is not normal. So, I do what every good husband <laughs> does. Uh, yes, I did. No. Every good husband, I go to Google <laughs> And start typing in like side effects 
of IUD, trying to figure out if she's had some kind of major personality shift. You're just trying to help. Oh, right, this listen. is bad. Dr. <laughs> Dr. Beasley has checked in. I'm on WebMD figuring this thing out. Oh, God. Yeah. That's not the place yeah, to don't go. Get on what she don't did. go yeah, I had her dead like 30 seconds later <laughs> on WebMD. But I'm on here, so I'm like, okay, being the husband I am, I'm going to broach this topic. So... I go no, to, knowing you with your filter and all, yes, I'm sure it was just I've very smooth. I really thought yeah. this out real well. <laughs> so basically, it's me saying, what's going on? Are you having like, why are y'all into this about this? You're being way too aggressive. I think you're hurting feelings here. Which then led to her completely breaking down and crying about it. Contacting this friend. And well, so, so let me start yeah. there. Jump in there. When he tells me that I'm being too aggressive about this, then I start texting this person and saying, like, I'm really sorry for how I'm acted. Like, Kyle's told me that I'm, like, out of line on this. And I said, but I'm just too upset to talk about this right now. So she calls me. <laughs> and so then I'm, like, forced to answer. And I'm like, hello. <laughs> like, I can't even oh, talk no. because I'm crying so hysterically at this point because it's, like, He's telling me that I'm hurting my friend's feelings, so I feel bad about that. But then also my husband, like, it very seldom has he been like, you are really wrong on this. Like, you are not, you're not being a good person with your friend, and you're being overly aggressive. So then that hurt my feelings, too, at the same time. But he doesn't tell me that he thinks that it's the IUD until, like, just casually mentions it. And he's like, do you think that it could be your IUD? And I said, well, I didn't think about that. Like, let me see what the side effects are. So I get his phone. It's the closest one. He's, he's already got all the articles pulled and up for you. immediately when I hit Google, it says IUD side effects. Valuable so lesson, wipe your history once you <laughs> research. So then I know that he's been thinking this about me, and he's been researching all of these things about me. Not just good. We're totally not true. So, so, so basically, I, I stuck my nose in where it shouldn't have been. There was nothing going on there other than two people disagreeing about a topic. That and was acting fine. like mature adults. Yeah, acting like mature adults, which I was not acting like. And basically, it was a total communication breakdown on my part. I mean, I was the wrong party on this. Instead of just going to her and saying, hey, how's this conversation going? You know, what what's the gist of it from both sides? I was immediately on the defensive on our end, like, yeah, you're being way too aggressive. You're going to hurt somebody's feelings, da-da-da-da-da. So... Yeah, total communication breakdown on my end, which we resolved by actually communicating about said subject, and she cried. And once I let him, like, read through the text messages, like, what I say to him and what I'm texting in text are two totally different things. And so once he was able to read that, I feel like it was a little bit better, too. Yeah, and in my defense, I was only hearing one side of it, and she was really passionate about it, which is great. But I was hearing the one side of it. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is not good. I mean, what's, uh, yeah, yeah. Will we be able to see these friends ever again? Or is this the end of this relationship? <laughs> I had it way wound up in my head way more than it was. So total communication disaster that went on for probably a day or day and so a half. So really that was your fear, not that she and I were disagreeing, but that you were going to lose a friend. I was no, I wouldn't. Is that what you're I, I, we went by and y'all's back. Uh, oh, we're, going. Yeah. Okay. we're about to have another conflict right <laughs> yes. now. We better move on. <laughs> conflict in the making. So to your classic communication issues for us. Yeah. Let me be your wingman here, and let's just move on to the hearts and get you out of yes, this one. thank you. Start feeling a little red over here. All right. Jansen and Jennifer. Okay. Early on, I would say we argued over, like, petty things. Like, our very first... Like marriage argument was over uh, the type of peanut butter 
<laughs> that I grew up on and the type she grew up on. Wait, what, and, who was crunchy? Who was creamy? Yeah. <clears throat> no, it was Brand. Oh, it, we, okay. we were both creamy. So but, Pan. Uh, I was Peter Pan. Pan. Peter yeah. Pan. She was he Peter was Pan. I was Peter Jeff. Pan. We Jeff. love. Oh, Jeff. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. We have Jeff. You, have, you, you know why we have Jeff? I did. Okay. So I won in the grocery store you and we won. got Jeff. Two weeks later, massive recall. On Peter Pan peanut butter. Oh. You saved your family, Jansen. I saved my family's <laughs> life. Hero. So wow. that to transition into like current day stuff, I think we don't have like knockdown drag out fights. We just have this That's a good thing, I think. That doesn't sound terrible if you said you had knockdown uh, drag out. It would be, be you know issue. like if you take the the love language that you know everybody has, like I'm acts of service and she is words of affirmation. So I come home from work and as we all know at this point I poop oh, first. So yes. but after I poop, I begin to like clean the house and pick stuff up and you know do Which all that kind I of I receive as I haven't done a good enough job throughout the day. Yeah. I haven't You didn't do enough. I didn't do enough. Mm-hmm. I didn't clean enough. I didn't do because I was playing with Turner. So you that's take, how I receive that. Yeah. And I look at it as I'm helping, you know, because she has been at home with a baby all day long. This is my way of helping out when what she really wants is for me to just take the kids away from her while she can do what I'm doing. So we have like just little tiffs. Dust ups. Yeah, dust ups. (laughs) That's good. Wouldn't you agree? That's Yeah, and I think we're learning. Like I think like I can do little things like pick up the towels. That's one thing he, he... gets frustrated in the morning if he doesn't have a towel there because I've... She leaves the towels on the floor. And leaves it on the floor. They're yes, wet. You can't use the them. Wow. And so, like, things like that that I can do, <laughs> I can do to show him that I care about him, and mine's more, I need you to take the kids for a little bit so I can have some alone time or encourage me, saying you're doing a great job. So that we've yep. learned, like, that a lot of times there was a disconnect because we were doing things that we thought we were doing in love but it, it was missing each other's love language. Walk us through, Jennifer. Jansen comes home. He takes his 30-minute dump. <laughs> You're getting irritated on the inside. Now he starts cleaning the house. Like, how do you? How does this argument work for y'all? Do you address it then? Oh, Is absolutely. it later? Like, yeah. I don't. I I don't shy shy away from like telling him Conflict. how I feel. Where I'm mm-hmm. like, listen, like this is what I need you to do. So I'm pretty upfront, and he's like, I'm just trying to help, and so. I mean, we've had to learn over time that that's not what I want you to be doing right now. I want you to do this and and try to work through that. Yeah. So I come home now and like I'll still notice takes that a poop. I still it's not that's <laughs> never going to change. So nature's <laughs> negotiable. Like, it's like the sunrise and sunset. Pick it's, your battles. It's gonna exactly. Yeah, but now, right. like I'll come home. Like a good example is there'd be leftover coffee in the coffee pot, oh, and no. now I come home and it's empty. So I like held it up and said, ah, love language the He other does day. that every time. And oh, love language. And I'm like, I, I did. And so I now when I come down, I'll take the kids upstairs and, you know, it. we are uh, evolving. A work in progress. Yes. Yeah. We'll By the time we're dead, we'll be the perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Eating Peter Pan peanut butter. <laughs> no. He'll kill never you. eat Peter Pan. So you kind of bring up an interesting thing there. So back to the Knoxes. Walk us through a dust up or an argument. How does, how does that work for you guys? Do you, is it, 
is one of you like the volcano that it builds up, it builds up, and you explode? Or are you the ostrich where you stick your head in the sand and everything's fine? Mm-hmm. Walk us through, you know, one of your, we'll call it a dust up. Yeah. Well, I would say, like, you know, I know the Enneagram's really popular right now, and that's something that, like, we've done a lot of studying on. Like, you guys were talking about your love language. I love that. I love the way y'all told that. And Daniel is a one, and so he's the volcano. Like, it's not right for him to get angry. It's not, that's not the right way to act. And, you know, so he kind of bottles everything up to the point where sometimes during our arguments or during frustrations, hadn't even started an argument yet, he'll go outside and just start screaming. <laughs> just, <laughs> just outside and just screaming, just yelling. And just start the mower up and just take a few, take a few laps, take a few and laps. just scream at myself while I do that. So and then, I'm, then I'm yeah. good to go. He's got multiple styles. Yeah. He, he avoids conflict. Chop and then fire volcano. You know, whatever it takes. Yeah. This sounds sarcastic, but I think there's some truth to what you just said. Yeah. Yeah. This really happens. Like a battle cry. Yes. Type of thing? yes. This is this is. I'm telling you, I cannot. Every time he gets mad, he goes outside and he screams. Wow. Like that kind of. I mean, and it's and it's fine. I've learned at first. I was like, whoa, don't ever do that again. But then I realized, like, that's what he needs. Sometimes my kids ask questions. <laughs> <laughs> Why is Daddy outside yelling? <laughs> you know, like, and I'm just like, he's just gonna, you know, just gonna let it out. I mean, and that's. It what doesn't I, happen like super often. It's not like I'm outside <laughs> every yelling. day, like a tribal <laughs> cry every <laughs> Daniel thing. He's, got yeah. his he's shirtless, like yeah. Yeah. Schwarzenegger and the Predator. Yeah. Yeah. He has face paint, like where he. <laughs> he's covered in mud Uh, yeah i would say it doesn't it doesn't happen like a ton but every time he gets that mad like where it builds up he just lets it out i appreciate that though instead of him like yelling at you or yelling at the kids where he's like i know myself i need to just go outside right and and deal with this for a second because i would say at the beginning i was like oh oh my what's happening (laughs) like you know but then, like I said, over time, like I've, I realized like, that's his thing. That's what he's got to do and just let it happen. And then we come back in and then I banter him with questions about what's wrong and what can we do to make it better. Because I'm the one that like talks it out. But I'm also... After a significant period of silent treatment. It's yes. silent treatment for a while. And then, you, okay, you let's like process everything and, and 20, yeah. 21 questions. Sometimes I think it's like a competition with myself to see how long I can go yeah. without... How, how long you can outlast it. <laughs> yeah. Till he apologizes, because it's like, I'm not going to apologize first. And if I apologize first, then I, you know, like I really need to. <laughs> but yeah, Daniel's really good about, you know, being the first to like man up and just say, like, I'm sorry. And then once that, once that ice breaks, like then I'll talk and get it all out. And then my apology usually comes, which a lot of times it probably needs to come first. So. Am I the only one that is desperate to see Tribal Daniel? <laughs> I want to see it so bad. Hey, I'm I'm on Team Volcano myself, yeah. but I've never done the tribal scream. Yeah. I know, Y'all should I need all to add that to my repertoire. Yeah, yeah, no yeah I really think it would make you feel better. It would it would really scare your wives, but it would make you feel better. I live in a neighborhood. It's probably <laughs> not, <laughs> not a good idea. Yeah. Frowned upon to yeah. get violent. So, Ryan, I want to dig a little deeper. You said something about a volcano situation, so we're gonna pitch it over to you guys and kind of dig a little deeper into this. Oh yeah, well I got to own that for sure. I'm definitely like Daniel, without the primal screams. Uh, if Catherine does little things, they'll kind of get under my skin, but I, I forget about them. I don't like hold them against her, but then they kind of build up over time. So it's, it's like a weird little dynamic. And she's the total opposite on like her communication style. So we've had, that's something we've had to work through in our marriage for sure. But our story for today, I really didn't have the volcano situation going on. And it's, uh, 
it wasn't like a moment like some of the other stories have been told. It was something that was over several years that kind of has gone up and down, back and forth in our, you know, within our marriage. And it was really around where uh, we were going to send our kids to school. So you factor in that and it kind of ties into a little bit of a financial situation, which I know a lot of marriages have issues or questions around that. And maybe I'll let Kat kind of start out with how the issue started. Okay. Well, we both went to a private school growing up, and that was kind of home for us. And it wasn't really, let me preface by saying that it's not which is better, private or public. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with the comfort level that I know I have and where I wanted to send my kids. And I think you wanted to send your kids there too. And you're big on like traditions and things like that. Oh, very big on tradition and like having my kids do what I did and all of that. So, it was a big um, topic we had we we had back and forth before the kids were ever old enough to go to school. Um, but I was a stay-at-home mom, and I was not working. I had no. We had one income, and it was not even an option for a while, um, just because we couldn't make it work. But and, and we didn't have kids yet, or until our kids got to school age, so we didn't really have to deal with the problem. We just kept like pushing it off in a sense. Yeah. You had that five-year buffer where you're, before your kids Yeah, we'll, right. we'll, like, we'll, we'll talk about this later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. So when it came time, um, I had started my own business in, like with a dream in mind to send my kids to this private school. Um, and I thought we had talked about it. Um, I thought we had that conversation. It was literally my goal was to make enough money in order to send our kids to a private school. Um so I worked hard to do that, and it came time, and I was like, I hit my goal. Let's do it. My, our oldest is ready to go to kindergarten, and he gives me the old, oh, no, we're not. And Yeah, like, whatever conversations Catherine remembers, <laughs> I had totally deleted from my memory banks. So I, we were not definitely not on the same page at this no, point. No, we did not communicate well. But then... We so, well, so we went through. This was when Reed was going to kindergarten, and we we decided. We I wish we did this more in our marriage. This is one of the very few times where we probably did the right thing, and we decided to spend like some time praying about it. I don't a know, long I, time was it a long time? A couple weeks or maybe no, a month or something? Yeah, no, it was longer than that. I feel like. Yeah, my memory's awesome, but uh, uh, <laughs> so yeah, we spent some time praying about it, and we both came to the decision to go ahead and send him to public. We, he, he was going to a great public school. So I felt okay about that, and then... Water under the bridge at this point, you know? Yeah. Decisions we made. Right. You think this, hey, we're never coming back to this subject, right. is what I'm thinking. We're done. That, yeah. that was way off. <laughs> so he goes for the first year, and then the next um, year comes up and for him for first grade, and I, it's still just something that has was on my heart, and I could not get it off my heart or my mind, and I was like, can we revisit this? And we really had to talk through it a lot so at this point were there any hints during the first year like hey i don't know if this is working maybe we should talk about private school or just nothing on the radar Mm, maybe for me but i didn't really communicate that okay yeah i thought this we've we (laughs) We have jumped over this hurdle and we are done race is over moving on yeah. yeah so then then what oh then so we we started talking about it and we decided you decided to Maybe try out a budget. Well, no, hold on, hold on. I remember oh, where we were. My memory sucks, but <laughs> I can I can remember this conversation. We're sitting on our couch, 
and she brings it up. And what she tells me, what I feel like is the first time she's ever told me this is, you know, look, I started, that's why I was doing the business. That was my whole motivation behind it. And now I feel like we're at a level where I've met my goal and she's thinking like in her mind, we're, that's we should be doing it. And I've, you know, as I've mentioned before, I'm more like the planner, like I need a spreadsheet and a pros and cons list. So we had it out. I wouldn't say had it out. It wasn't, a, I don't know. I wouldn't no, consider, it wasn't like a fighting argument. It wasn't like the volcano was coming out, but we said it was, set, tense. it was, it was, it was tense, tense because she was on one side and I was on totally on the other side. And I'm thinking, Hey, I thought we prayed about this thing. You know, God already answered this prayer like a year ago. Right. Well, but, and you think I, I, you think too, or you thought that I made my decision out of like an emotional response. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And That's he's fact. like Mr. Logic, so he has to have numbers, logic, and I'm like, but I feel this way, right? <laughs> you know. But it just, I think it was a good reminder of like, even though we looked at things from a totally different angle, like her opinion is just as valuable as mine. And that's tough sometimes for me, right? Because yeah. everybody you come see, from such a logical standpoint. Like if it's not logic, I can't accept emotion. Like if we don't have exactly. the exact yeah. money, yeah. like he had to literally see where the money would be coming from, and how, if we could make it work. So up to this point, I would say this is a communication fail. Mm-hmm. We we probably could have resolved this years before, but we didn't. We never took the time to do it, and now it's literally time to register and send the kids to school. We're like two months away. No, like we decided two weeks before first grade. <laughs> I don't know exactly what happened. It was tight. It was a, it, it, we were at the finish line yeah. here, and so uh, I think this was probably a success story for us, mm-hmm. uh, communication wise. Is I listened to her. I felt very uncomfortable about it. I cannot lie, but I had to accept like how she was feeling and the emotions, and she accepted like my logic, and so we actually started like on a budget because I'm thinking oh, yeah. I'm not thinking about sending Reed to school I'm thinking about sending Reed and Grant to school right and that's a totally different thing and wanting to do it and it being like a real life thing is totally different so we budgeted like we were sending both of them there and quickly I found out like you know what we can cut back on some things like that we don't need and we and we lived our life that way for about a year yeah maybe maybe it was before that that we decided to do that like, and anyways, it was it was good because I was able to listen to her, and then I was able to take away some of those fears that I had, like the unknown. And you know, I think it's water under the bridge at this point, and we we haven't looked back. And I think we, I don't know, we learned some things and hadn't solved all of our communication issues, but it was a good learning lesson for sure. All right, I want to shift over to the raise Adam and Julia here. I want to I want to take y'all a little bit of different direction. I want y'all to walk me through. Not a specific a specific argument. Just walk me through an argument. You know, we something we disagree about. How how does an argument go with you guys? I want to know. Get into the details of how how long it lasts. Kind of how it. Who's the who's the one that won't leave it alone? You know, just your argument style. You would call it. Well, I would say we don't really argue that much. We we both work and you know know our chores and our duties that we have at home. So we come home from work and I do my thing. He does his thing. But a lot of times at night, um, you know, I'll have the kitchen to work on, the kids to deal with, bags to pack, unpack. And he'll just go straight upstairs after dinner. To edit the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And he'll hear me, you know, working in the kitchen, trying to get the kids to bed and bathed and all that. And he'll come down and he can kind of tell that I'm a little ticked off. 
he'll say, are you mad? Are you mad at me? Because usually when I'm upset, I just um, am silent, give him the silent treatment. And that's how he can tell. And he knows that I'm a little ticked off because he's upstairs that's doing stuff that he thinks is a little bit more important. And, you know, I've told him before, let's just get all the stuff done that we have to do, which is the kitchen, dinner, kids, and then you spend all night doing what you need to do. But he doesn't understand that a lot of the time. So you give, do you give <laughs> the silent treatment? Do you, mm-hmm. you, you're the, what we're calling the ostrich. You stick your head in the sand yeah. and yeah, <clears throat> just get mad about it. Mm-hmm. Is she, are you like uh, aggressively, aggressively like putting up pots and pans a little louder than yeah. normal type Slamming of thing? Kind of, doors. Yeah. Making your presence known. So you could yeah. be you could be the volcano. You could be passive aggressive. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, okay, you're not going to come down here. Clang, clang, clang. <laughs> yeah, probably yeah. so. <laughs> so Adam, how does your response to that go? She is definitely the solid one. She doesn't like to talk about problems, and if there's a conflict and it's it's obvious, she would rather just not say a word about it. I'm the total opposite. I want to get it out. I want to get it over with, and I want to move on. And um, that's a, that's a big difference for us. Cool. Yeah. I, I kind of, I think that probably sums up a lot of our marriages, how there's usually one that kind of internalizes and, and one that gets passive aggressive or even volcano like Daniel, perhaps where you go outside and explode. But I think that pretty much sums up a lot of our marriages kind of want to transition over to the Joneses and kind of see. Is there a situation where y'all had that's similar to this or a conflict y'all had and kind of how you resolved it and, and where the flow of the, the disagreement went? I guess the one thing that comes to mind is when I got pregnant with my second child, we got pregnant um, October 2018. And so, of course, we had nine months to prepare. Lance knew I was pregnant. He knew a second child was coming into our family. And... We had Thea, and I was just so proud that I had a daughter. I was so proud to be a family of four, um, and we, we've we always wanted a daughter. Um, and so I felt like Lance wasn't bonding with her like I thought he would. I felt like he wasn't proud of her. I felt that um, I brought a burden into the family, And I remember, you know, seeing that he wasn't bonding with her and just wanting to hold her and love on her like I thought he would. And I remember constantly asking Lance, um, hey, you know, don't you just love her? You know, do you think she's pretty? You know, um, aren't you so proud? You know, and he would answer me, you know, he would say, of course, I love her. Of course, I think she's pretty. But he just wasn't showing her as much as much attention as he would show our first child. And so I just, I didn't really come out and say it, but I just felt like I was almost embarrassed to even think that my husband, you know, may not love my second child or may not have as much love for the second child as he did the first child. And so I remember just getting so upset one day and I remember leaving the house going out for like a drive and just like it was like 10 11 o'clock at night and I just like drove around for like 30 minutes I was just so I was just sad I didn't know what to think I just I was just I don't know I just felt like it was just me and Thea just in our own little island and and Lance was just fine with, you know, him and Jackson. 
I don't know why I'm, I'm like kind of chuckling to myself now and smiling about the event because thinking back on it, when your when your wife just leaves the house, <laughs> you know, and, and you can't get a hold of her on your phone or anything like that, and it happened. I turned my phone off. Yeah, I think it happened maybe twice. It was probably another time too, but it's just you don't really get too much worse feelings than that when you know your wife's completely gone you can't get a hold of her and just like okay when is she coming back type thing and you really don't know um so man yeah that really brought back some memories for me just hearing that clarification we got i think we got pregnant with the around october 2017 not 2018 because you would still be pregnant (laughs) (laughs) But, but that's beside the point Okay, but yeah, to respond to you know everything going on with Thea, um, you know a lot of you guys know Jackson has unique medical needs, and I guess being the the, the dad that I am, and I, I I overdo it to make sure that one hundred percent of his needs are always met, and sometimes that also means that I can't, you know, imagine that the time you have in a day is kind of like a pie chart, and there's only so much time that you can allot to so many individuals. And Jackson was taking up so much of that time that it was not leaving enough time for Theo or Timmy. And to Timmy's point, I wasn't really bonding with Thea at that time after she was born because, and this may make me sound like a terrible person, but the same thing happened with Jackson too. It's almost like when a baby's first born, I feel like the woman has already bonded with the baby because they've been you know, in her womb for so long you kind of get that connection. But for me, I needed more from the the dad-child relationship, and that only happened, you know, three, four time? months. Yeah, three, four months, uh, uh, you know, when the child became three or four months of age because they kind of start to form a personality. And that was kind of like the um, that attachment that I needed to actually form that bond with the child. So it wasn't necessarily that... You know, I didn't love Thea um, as much as Jackson or anything like that. It was just that I had not formed that bond yet. And if you remember, I think I told you, I was like, you know, when Thea you know, was born, I was like, it's probably going to be the same thing with Jackson. You know, maybe about three or four months before I actually feel like that bond. And like I said, maybe that makes me a terrible person. I don't know. But it was just harder for me to make that bond with the child early on. But, you know, now as, you know, Thea has developed a personality, um, and I'm just gotten to know her better. Like, I mean, she's she's just my little sweetheart, and she has just you know captured my heart, and I love her just as much as Jackson. And it was just an issue of communication. Not, I think once I explained to Timmy that you know that's where I was coming from, and you know it wasn't necessarily that you know it was just me and Jackson versus you and Thea. It's just that I get just took me a little bit more time to get there and adjust adjust my pie chart of, of time for how I needed to allot it between, you know, Jackson, Thea, and Timmy. And so, you know, back to everything we've talked about today, it just, it all comes back to communication. And so for us, it was just me being patient with Lance and letting him get there whenever he got there. Like I was almost forcing the relationship on him Um, I wanted it to be quick and instant, just like my bond for her was. Um, But with patient, you know, giving him that time, it it came, and he is just 100% in love with her. And I think it would be fair to say, too, because like you touched on, 
you know, Jackson's got, you know, medical needs that take a lot of both of y'all's time to, to make sure everything's good with him. And you think maybe too, Lance, it was a, hey, let me take care of all this and hold on to all, let me handle this part of this so you've got time to, you know, give Timmy time to attend to the needs of a newborn and have that time as a mother's. Is there some of that probably too that was happening subliminally maybe? Sure. Like there's def- divided. Yeah, there's definitely some of that, Kyle. And I, and I think the other part of it is it, it kind of just goes to my personality. I kind of tend to like to work with what I'm comfortable with. And I was comfortable with Jackson's routine. Like I knew it well. I had it down packed. With Thea, it was like a whole new ball game. So I was kind of like, okay, eat. You got this. Like I, I have this on lock. Like you take the new stuff. You got. Right, it. Right. She's a lot. She's yeah. a lot better at adapting than I am. Yeah. So there was definitely some of that. And that touches on a dynamic too that we've all dealt with in this room is the strange happenings when you go from one to two. Um, in some of our cases, three. Um, it's such a different dynamic of you've got one and it's like, okay, well you do this and then I'll do this and it's divide and conquer. And then all of a sudden it's even strength and you're like, uh, well you do this. Well, well wait, we got to do this with the other one. Like, Oh, okay. There's a whole dynamic that changes your marriage completely. Also of, like you said, that pie chart gets cut in half when you have another, because all of a sudden you're juggling, you know, and if, if one of you has to work late or the other's got to be somewhere, all of a sudden you're outnumbered and you're like, man, I did that. I didn't sign up for this. I don't know what's going on here. So right. I think that's a dynamic of it, too, is figuring out how to parent two instead of one. It's a lot easier with one. You divide and conquer. But when you're even strength, it's a whole other ball game. Yep, absolutely. Thank you guys so much for listening to our show. We hope you enjoyed the wives on the podcast. As you can tell, our marriages all have struggles. Apparently, the guys have a lot of things we need to work on. I want to share with you three key things that Jess and I really try to focus on in our marriage. That's respect, communication, and love. And I really believe there's no way to have the first two without having love. 1 Corinthians 13.13 says, And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. I really believe with all my heart that conflict can only be resolved if love is at the core of the mending process. Every, and I mean every marriage, has its struggles. That's not really any breaking news, but some are bigger than others. If you're struggling, I encourage all of you to first pray for resolution. And then remember back that moment when she chose you and you chose her to be your partner for life. All those feelings are still in there. It may just take a little hard work, respect, communication, and love to work it out. Guys, as always, we thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We want to continue to thank you for your support and feedback. And as always, we'll continue to pray for you. And we ask that you continue to pray for us in this podcast. We'll catch you guys on the flip side. Thanks for listening. That's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. The denominators are Ryan Smith, Kyle Binkley, Daniel Knox, Jansen Hart, Lance Jones, and me, Adam Ray. Thanks to Chet Roberts for providing our music. If you like what you heard, please hit that subscribe button and tell a friend. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at CommonPod. That's C-O-M-M-E-N-P-O-D. And if you have a question or a comment for our group or you'd like to submit an idea for a future podcast, please email us at commondenominators at gmail.com. That's C-O-M-M-E-N denominators at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening.